0: Welcome back to Unsolved South. We are your host, Michelle, and and Maddie. I hope everyone had a great week, Maddie. How was your week?
1: Uh, it has been a long week full of doctor's appointments after doctor's appointments after doctor's appointments. It's just been crazy.
0: Well, um, guess who got a new computer? Thanks to my brother Mark. Yay! So hopefully soon we'll be back to normal if nothing happens. We're kind of getting hurricaned right now, but um, right this second there's a break in the weather, so hopefully, fingers crossed, we can record without incident.
1: Really hoping so. And uh, if y'all notice, y'all can actually hear my voice this time. So well, that's We hope. Good. <laughs> we hope.
0: Because when we recorded the last one, we also could hear your voice.
1: Very true. But I'm speaking as if this is working.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, this week's story theme is planes, trains, and automobiles. And oddly enough, it just worked out that way. I did not plan it to be that. But when I saw it, I was like, well, that's too good not to call it that.
1: (laughs) I love it.
0: So you ready to hear what had happened was? Yeah, tell us all about it. All right. So Michael Lewis Seals, a 63 year old white male from Winter Garden, Florida, disappeared on September eleventh, 2012.
1: Oh, so this is his anniversary almost.
0: Exactly. And um Michael was 6'5 and 200 pounds. He had salt and pepper hair with brown eyes. Just so you can kind of picture who we're talking about. Yeah. Okay, so things started to go wrong with Michael when his girlfriend caught wind that he was cheating on her. And so she broke up with him. He was not happy with this breakup. He was not about it. So he kind of snapped and he brought
1: it on himself do what i said he brought it on himself
0: well i mean he says he didn't but anyway he in fact left her a voicemail that said that he did not cheat with any of those people and that none of them could say that he did
1: oh interesting interesting wording
0: it is interesting wording, not to mention like, dang, dude, how many people? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you ain't even be like, I, I ain't cheat with them two folks. He was like, mm-hmm. none of them people. I don't know if this is everybody, but to me, that wording brings up like just a whole room full of like 30 people. <laughs> and the they're like, church. I can prove it. <laughs> so anyway, <That's> funny. <laughs> um, he ended that voicemail by saying that he loved her. And then he was just like, bye. Oh, okay.
1: Right.
0: So soon after that, she started to get some text from him that were a touch alarming. And he starts talking about that he's going to kill himself, and then, um, like, later, she got one that was like, you know what, I am going to kill myself, and I'm going to do it. I crashed my airplane into your house. What? Right. So, then he sends her a text that says, I'm already in my plane. It's too late for you to call the police. But the ex was like, mm, let me risk it all and call these cops. Guys. Yeah. <laughs> what if it's not too late? And so <laughs> the cops, like, race to the airplane hangar that they know he has. <laughs> and when they get there, his car is inside, but the plane is gone. Now, uh-uh. in inside his car, there was blood and evidence that he had in fact, tried to commit suicide, mm-hmm. but that he had either changed his mind or he failed to finish it. Okay. So this evidence included a disposable blade from a razor knife, some bloody towels, and a partial roll of duct tape. There was also a note in the car that said, I never cheated with any of those people. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So Michael is bound to determine all those people are lying on him. All of them. All of
1: them. I wonder how many.
0: So anyway, the cops are like, okay, well, his plane's gone. Let us call the FFA. And so the FFA tries to help them track his phone. Mm-hmm. And, um... And they do, they get like a general location of where his plane is and where his phone's at. But is it's it near not, her house? It is it what?
1: Is it near her house?
0: No. It's um Bell near Bellevue, Florida. Which is like a I mean it's like not it's like going somewhere. <laughs> like I guess he gave up on running into her house. Oh. And so they get that general location of Bellevue, and then they lost signal from the phone in the plane. Hmm. What they did was flag his tail numbers, um, the numbers of his plane, and so they flagged it. And so if he landed anywhere, there should have been a record of that, but there is no record that he ever landed anywhere. They did know that he had about four five hours worth of fuel left, or not left, but in the plane. And the problem was, though, they had no indication of where he was going, they had no idea where he would be headed to. They don't know if he made it. They don't know if something happened and it crashed, they have no idea. And he has not been seen or heard from since, that anyone will admit police do believe to this day that they will eventually find the plane which is a piper archer aircraft and that when they do they'll be able to solve this case
1: so is it possible that the plane went to another country and that country just didn't report that plane
0: it is possible um from florida there are any number of caribbean countries that he could have landed in that were less than five hours away. Um, So, what I kind of popped into my head, you know, how I just make up scenarios, none of this is necessarily true. (laughs) Okay, let's hear it. I just made up this scenario in my head where he's like, man, I'm really mad that all these people are lying on me. And I ain't cheat with none of them, and they can't even say I did, but they're lying on me anyway. And so he's like, I'm going to just cut my wrist. And then he's like texting her, and then she's probably texting back, like, you know, she's probably just, and then he's like, you know what, get that heifer. I'm going to run into her house. If I'm going to die, I'm going to take her with me. And so he, like, patches up his arms and stuff, and he drives (laughs) to the hangar, and then he gets in the plane, and he's like, I'm going to run into her house. And then she's probably texting back after he says it, and then he's like, you know what, F all of this, I'm going to the mamas. Yeah. So that's the scenario at moment. Now, it is at all possible that he crashed somewhere in a swamp in Florida or in the ocean or any number of other places. But that's yeah. just the scenario I right made up in my head.
1: He didn't have any ties to anybody else, like, he didn't care about anybody else.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, nobody else was mentioned. And this was not that long ago. But it was surprisingly hard to find information on it. I found a couple news stories. And um, if I hadn't run across it on Namus, it, I would never have covered this story because it was surprising. Like, I mean, nobody was out. This is super interesting to me.
1: Yeah. This sounds like an old story, though. It sounds like a back-in-my-day story.
0: Right, but it's not. I mean, yeah, it's fairly recent. And so, I'm like, this this whole story just feels so wild. I mean, it definitely (laughs) would make a good, like, Lifetime movie or something. Somebody's missing the boat on this one. This is like... Could you imagine? I mean, I'd be all over the (laughs) Hallmark... That's probably not a hallmark movie.
1: no but she could fall back in love with him or something or he could find new love
0: yeah I mean he could and then it could turn out that everybody was lying on him <laughs> and yeah. it was just this huge conspiracy yeah it's like a they whole thing to I don't keep know him out of the town Neil my yeah. thought would be that he would have connections like i don't know i'm not like a plane person so i don't really know how that works but it feels like if you have a plane and a hangar and stuff you probably got money which means somebody cares where you went yeah so we reported him missing okay so anyway moving on the okay. next story is also a plane story, but it has far less details, which like I said, that's wild to me because like how does a whole plane go missing? And nobody has any details. But this yes. one this one was back in the day. This one was like an old story. So um you know I'm sure that has something to do with it. But it feels like I don't know. It, it feels like if a whole plane goes missing, that somebody's like, uh, just FYI, there's a plane out there somewhere or something, you know?
1: Right. And why is nobody looking for these people? They're on like a deserted island.
0: Well, the cop in that first story, he, he is. He said there's no such thing as a cold case, just an old case. And one day we're going to crack this. <laughs> <laughs> I was like get it guy yeah but these people don't this, this next case these people don't even exactly know when the guy disappeared so. Oh so, Lord, this is wild to me um, either on July 4th or on July 6th of 1965 Eldon Shore climbed into his twin-engine Piper Aztec plane that he flew for his employer. And he would climb into this plane for what would turn out to be the very last time. He is a white male, 42 years old, 5'3", 185 pounds, strawberry blonde hair, and blue eyes. So he's a pilot. His, he works for this company that's based out of Opalaca, florida and he was flying from key west to miami though so they're based at opelaka um miami is like 25 minutes away from there key west was further but i can't remember i googled it but i can't remember in any case so he was going from key west which is an island back to miami so he's flying over the ocean The thing is that he was supposed to have three passengers with him, but he did not. When his plane lost contact, there was nobody on it but him. But the point was that he was going to Key West, picking up three people, flying them to Miami. Really? So the thing is that we have no idea why these three people did not get on the plane. We do not know if or why his plane went down. Assumably, it would be over the ocean, but there was no wreckage ever found.
1: Do we know who was going to get on the plane?
0: No, I don't know who. Like, this one was almost top secret. I was like, what is happening here? There was, like, so little information on this.
1: Do we know why the people were going to get on the
0: plane? Well, they were going to fly from Key West back to Miami.
1: Right, but why that plane?
0: I mean, what do you mean? They chartered a plane to come pick them up because it's an island.
1: Okay, but I didn't know like there <laughs> has to be some sort of record of who it was if they chartered it. I'm sh-
0: Well, I don't know that there was because this was the 60s. And things were way different back then. I mean, you got to remember that up until 9 11 happened, security was pretty lax at the airport. In my lifetime, I literally remember planes being hijacked and stuff. Like, I remember watching it on the news.
1: I thought you meant you were in a hijacked plane. No, no, no. I was like, what? No.
0: I watched it on the news. Like, it was a thing that happened. And it wasn't like it happened, like, um, all the time. But it was definitely a thing that happened. Security was lax. And, like, back in the day, people were still smoking on planes. They were feeding you, like, full meals. It was, like, a, a thing. Like, part of the vacation was to fly. But... I don't know maybe there was no record and that's why we don't know what happened but could you imagine though that you're you're chartering a plane and they're coming to get you and then at the last minute you're like you know what I think I'm going to stay a couple more days and then that plane's like cool that's fine we'll be back in a couple days and they leave and then they disappear and you were that close
1: man that would be wild
0: I think you would I change buy your lottery whole life ticket. Because you you escaped death, honestly. Yeah. I'd buy a lottery ticket. Yeah, I mean, your whole life has changed. So, anyway. Okay, so moving on to trains. We've already got our planes out of the way. We're moving on to trains. We are going to talk about Charles Daniel Samples. His friends called him Rusty, and Rusty lived an interesting life. He was never one to stay in one place very long, so when he was released from the Army, he began to ride the rails all over the U.S. He would travel for a while, and then he would pick a location to stop, and then he would work for a few weeks in that location. He'd make a little bit of money, and then he'd get back on a train and go see something new and then repeat the process somewhere else. Now, during this time, he always kept in touch with his family. He would send them letters from wherever he stopped. And a lot of times he would choose the locations that he would get off and work at um, based off of where he had relatives or friends. And he would stay, he would visit with them for a while, he would work, and then he would leave. So, um, it doesn't really seem like he had like a a mental illness to where he couldn't be around people or like he was choosing to be homeless because he had a mental illness he kind of comes across like he just loved the adventure yeah you know because he he knew what it would take he knew he'd you know get off and work he'd visit with people he'd you know write his family tell them about his adventures and then he would just go again. So, you know, it doesn't seem like this is one of those things where somebody gets out of the military and then they have a mental illness and so they become homeless. That doesn't seem to be the case here.
1: Right. He was just taking his opportunity to travel and see the world.
0: Right. And and it seemed like he was, you know, really enjoying it for a while. and. Then the last time anybody in his family had heard from him, it was May 1st, 1965, uh, one of his family members, and I did see who it was, but I forgot to note it down, but I believe it was his niece had received a letter from him and that letter was mailed from Tiptonville, Tennessee. So that family member wrote back immediately because there was never any telling how long he was going to be in a particular location. So immediately they sent a letter back. But after a while, they got that letter returned to them as undeliverable. So he never got that letter, and that was the last time anybody had heard from him. Most of his family has already passed on, because like I said, this happened back in the 60s, so most of them have passed on, but he does still have a niece that would love to bring him home. Now, she believes that that will obviously be to lay him to rest, but she would still like to know what happened to him and have a little bit of closure, and she would be able to, you know, just bring him home with the family.
1: Did she ever share what was in the last letter?
0: No, it was just, um, from, well, my gather of it is just, it was just a regular, you know, this is what I've been up to, this is what I'm doing, blah, 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 you know, nothing, you know, obviously I'm being held hostage and, you know, stuff like that, just a regular letter and they just wrote right back. And it just didn't make it to him in time. I don't know.
1: I just, anytime I hear about somebody writing a letter, I think, and it's their last letter, I want to see if there's some secret code in it.
0: Yeah. I mean, I can see that. But you know, back then, letters was how you communicated, really. I mean, you could telephone, but for the most part, it was letters. So, Rusty was a white male. He was either 36 or 37. He had strawberry blonde hair and brown eyes. Rusty stood between 5'8 and 5'10. He weighed between 140 and 160 pounds. Rusty was known to be completely covered no matter what the weather. So, that would be pants, long sleeves, coat, hat, and boots, regardless of the weather.
1: That's weird.
0: Not necessarily. Um, you know, like if I go out in the boat or whatever, I wear pants and long sleeves because I'll get burned up if I don't. So, I mean, I it could be because he was out working, he was on the train or whatever. There could be a number of reasons. Plus, I think a lot of people that um, that don't have a regular place to live carry all their belongings on them. Yeah. So, that could be why. And this is one of those stories that, honestly, he could be anywhere. I mean, because he could have just been done in that town and moved on. He could have gone to California. He could have gone anywhere on his own before something happened to him. And anything could have happened. I mean, he could have fallen in love and just, you know, never thought about his family after that he could have had a heart attack he could have met up with foul play i mean anything could have happened anywhere in the country so yeah that's one of those stories that's like man that's that sucks can
1: you hear the baby in the background
0: yeah oh hearing co-hosting um do you have any questions or comments about that one before we move on no go ahead okay so this next case i've actually known about it because it's kind of local to us and i've known about it for a long time and it's always bothered me but since i had looked into it last they updated it with some more information and this information may shed a little more light on it um sadly i think it may lead as to why nobody is looking for this child but in june of 1978 there was a train put together in Rariston, Kentucky. That train traveled to Etowah, Tennessee, that same day. And then Mm -hmm. it went to Atlanta, Georgia. On June 8th of 1978, that train left Atlanta, Georgia, and made its way to Cammack, Georgia, which is in Warren County. Gotcha. It left Warren County and then traveled to its final destination, which was the Edenton, Georgia Power Plant, and it arrived there on June 10th. Okay, so it set a little while in Atlanta and it set a little while in Warren County. Then it went to the Georgia Power Plant in Edenton.
1: Gotcha. Okay.
0: It was in Edenton that the badly bruised body of a young man was discovered laying on top of a coal car. So you know those open cars with the coal piled up yeah he's laying on top of the coal and he's he's pretty bruised up um the estimation was that he had been dead for one to two days. So, that would oh, wow. be along the um, trip to Atlanta or to Warrington is the most likely places that he would have been put in there. Okay. Um, so, it seemed like he had been dead for probably one to two days. So, that would be either when it was sitting in Atlanta or when it was sitting in Warrington. Yeah. In Warren County. Now, this young man was was a black child between the ages of 15 and 22. He had a slim build, and he was estimated to weigh about 130 pounds. They did not have a height for him. They said he had an afro that was two to three inches long, and it had a reddish tint to it okay one source said his eye color was brown the other said it was unknown so i don't know if they just assumed it was brown because he was a black male yeah um but the other one said it was unknown and i don't i mean all black people don't have brown eyes very true So, I'm, I'm not really sure about that. One source said he had stitches on his upper lip, and so he had an unhealed trauma. That may be important to figuring out who he was. The new information that was put out was that he had very long nails and curled eyelashes. Okay. His clothing was either a black t-shirt, Or a black knit shirt, depending on which source. He was wearing jeans, a blue elastic belt that said the word jeans on it. And he was wearing bikini underwear. He had one size 8 lace-up dress shoe in the color gray with him.
1: Just one?
0: Now... Do I? Just one? Just one.
1: Why just one? I don't know. Interesting.
0: So, with his nails, the bikini undies, and the curled eyelashes, um, it is possible that he was maybe living as a woman, possibly working as a prostitute. Gotcha. Um, It's... Also possible that they were just men's underwear, that he hadn't cut his nails because he had been living on the road, and that his eyelashes were just naturally really great. And that is also a, a very real possibility. Yeah. Listen, back in the day... Men were wearing the bikini underwear all the time. There was all kinds of ads for them. I mean, you know, back when I was a teenager, boys were always wearing those cut-off shirts and stuff, and the booty shorts. I mean, they showed more skin than any girl. Mm. So, <laughs> um, you know, it's... I, I think it's possible it could be either way. But if he was... um friends back then i think it's at all possible that that's why nobody was looking for him yeah i mean it's it's sad to say but that's that's the case i mean sometimes even now but especially back then it wasn't exactly accepted and you know i'm sure his family probably had something to say about it if that was the case. Yeah. It's always bothered me because I never understood how somebody was not looking for this child. Yeah. And, I mean, 22, that's young. That's so young.
1: It's very young. 15
0: to 22, so young. Like, how is your whole last baby missing and you're not looking?
1: Exactly like you didn't care how do you not care i mean
0: it's it except it's i don't know it's always bothered me it has always bothered me but here's the thing in my research i discovered something that i did not in fact know even though i knew about this case and i've looked into it from time to time um What I did not know was that about six or seven months after this child was discovered, Mm -hmm. another man was discovered the exact same way in the exact same location. Really? And he is also unidentified. Huh. On January 7th? Oh, you know what? I either no i lie it was not six months later okay okay i lie i've i've read that completely wrong so the one boy was discovered in um 78 matter of fact let me go back real quick and double check my uh because i i'm dyslexic i don't know if everybody else knows that but I'm dyslexic and it's at all possible <laughs> then I twisted that when I wrote it down and so I could have actually been right the entire time and then I doubted myself because I I twisted those numbers so let me just go double check really
1: quick okay
0: it's so slack <laughs> Okay, I was right. It was 79. I wrote it as 97. (laughs) And I was like, wait a minute. I know know that that's what I read. That was my bad. I, I twisted those up and wrote 97. But it was actually seven months later on January 7th, 1979. Got it. Okay, so sorry about that. All right, let's try it again. So, on that January 7th, the unidentified body of a white male, approximately 25 to 30 years old, was found in a coal car, on a train, at the Edenton, Georgia Power Power Plant.
1: That is so crazy.
0: This train was loaded in Tennessee, but there was no other information available on this one as far as where it stopped or anything like that. So we don't know the locations where it went. We don't know if it went to Atlanta. We don't know if it went to Warrington. We do know that it was loaded in Tennessee, and the original train also had made a pass through Tennessee. This young man was 5'7", 190 pounds. His hair was had a reddish tint to it, which is how it's described, which I thought was weird because that's exactly how the other boy's hair was described, as having a reddish tint. yeah. This guy, in the um, artist rendering of him, he has a full beard, but that was not mentioned in his description. I'm going to assume that he did, though, have a full beard. Yeah. He was wearing a kind of polo shirt. It was a particular style, but that's basically what it looked like, was a polo shirt. Mm -hmm. He was wearing gray knit pants, which I, I cannot even imagine what that is. He did not have any underwear on, and he did not have any socks or shoes on. Okay. And this is in January.
1: Man. So he must have been undressed.
0: I mean, it it seems that way. No underwear, no socks, no shoes. Yeah. So, the question would be, are they connected? Is that too much of a coincidence for them not to have been connected? Or is it... I mean, did the first one make the news and somebody's like, Oh, that's a good way to get rid of a body. Or what? Yeah. I don't know. Here is my other question. Is it possible... For either of them to have been put in that coal car. How did they get in there? How did somebody get them into it? You can't just throw them.
1: So you think they climbed in there?
0: Well, I think it's possible that either they jumped off of, like, an overpass, a bridge or something, when the train went under, and they jumped in. And were badly hurt in that jump. Um, I think that's a possibility okay I mean they they load the coal with uh shoots uh like they do cotton now, I think mm-hmm. um and so or peanuts, and so it's like a an angled like a box with angled sides, yeah that come down to type of, kind of point. And then the coal is in the top, picture a water tower, and it comes through and funnels through these chutes into these cars, and then, you know, they shut it, move the next car up under, open it back, and fill that. If he was in that, it's possible that he could have got you know push through the chute but how did both of them wind up on top that seems like a wild coincidence
1: mm. so are there any bridges uh over the train tracks in that area
0: i mean i'm sure there are because the especially the first child he covered a lot of ground You know, presumably, if he was in the train the entire time, I don't really know. But even just from Atlanta to Warrington is two hours by car.
1: Yeah. So, what I'm saying is he could have either been thrown from a bridge into the. Oh, yeah. They
0: could have been thrown from a bridge. I didn't even think about that. But, yeah. Yeah. or what if not the first kid but the second guy in particular um just because here's my thinking on that the first kid was very slim
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and so that leads me to wonder if maybe he had been on the streets for a minute yeah the other guy was pretty heavy he was almost 200 pounds that leads me to believe he had not been on the streets yeah so what if that second guy in particular worked somewhere um at one of the places where the train stopped and he was murdered by a co-worker and put in there or maybe there was an accident and he fell in and died
1: Hmm. yeah
0: and then, you know, everybody just thought he quit or whatever. Like maybe he was always being like, I hate it here. I'm going to quit. <laughs> <laughs> and so then when he just didn't show up for work, they were like, uh, no, Jimmy must quit. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think it's wild that it would happen twice. I think it's a weird coincidence that they both described their hair as having a reddish tint. I think it's weird that this guy was wearing knit pants. Is that something, like, am I picturing the wrong thing? Um, I
1: feel like you're picturing a sweater as pants.
0: Like yarn, yes.
1: <laughs> I don't, Yes. I'm picturing more of like, almost like a mixed between linen and corduroy pants
0: i tried to picture corduroy because i thought they might have been popular back then yeah but if he was wearing corduroy pants it's a good thing he didn't start the coal on fire <laughs> you ever worn corduroy pants no i did back in the day they're like there's friction in them <laughs> I don't know. I'm just, I'm picturing, yes, I'm picturing like a sweater, but then they said that in the one source said that other kid was wearing a knit shirt.
1: Yeah. Good point. And then
0: this guy's wearing knit pants and that maybe that was just a thing back then. I don't know. I just think, I don't necessarily think they're connected, but I just think that's a wild coincidence. Yeah. Yeah. I used to think there was no such thing as coincidence, but doing this, I think, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there is a such thing.
1: I mean, I think there's a such thing as coincidence.
0: I never thought there was. Okay, so this last story, Pay close attention. Okay. This this story is like, What? It is a it is a shocker, okay? All right. All right. This last story takes place in a neighborhood in Fort Pierce, Florida. And this happened in 2021. So this is pretty new. Yeah. Okay, so this family is living in this neighborhood. They're just living their lives. They're coming, they're going, they're doing what they do, right? Okay, so they start to realize that every once and again, they're getting like a whiff of something. And they're like, what is that smell? And, but it's not constant. It's just like every once in a while, the wind hits just right. They catch a whiff of it and they're like what is that so they're questioning but nobody you know really knows and you know how it is you're like i do go away yeah. <laughs> so they don't really investigate but just it's just like every once in a while it, it since it's not constant they're not investigating they're just you know they they mention it to each other but then they just go about their lives now they say this happened throughout the month of june mm-hmm on July 4th, they have a cookout. They invite people over, they got friends, they got neighbors, families there, everybody's out there, they're having a good time, they're eating. Um, They eat a a bunch of uh, seafood at their cookout. And so, you know, they're taking bags out to the curb and all of this, and the smell is out there and it's definitely worse than it has been. It's, It's a definite fall. They're like, what is that smell? But they're like, it's July, it's Florida, it's sunny, there's all the seafood remnants in this trash. That's probably what it is. So they start sniffing around and it leads them up there towards the trash. So they're like, yes, yeah, it it must be the seafood and stuff in the trash, no big deal, right? Yeah. Um so <laughs> On July 9th, there's a knock on the door, and it's a neighbor. Now, the adult son that lives in this house with this family, he goes out, and he's like, you know, hey, what you doing? The guy's like, "Uh, dude, there's a dead body in your car. What? And... You know, he's like, I'm just out here walking my dog, and I walked by, and I thought I saw something, and I stopped, and I looked closer, and there's a dead body in your car. And the adult son is like, oh, is this a joke or something? Like, I don't it's, I don't understand what you're saying. Dude's like, there's a dead body in your car. That's your car, right? What? Parked on the street in front of the house. Dude's like, yeah it's our car but he's like listen come look i'm telling you there's a dead body so the adult son goes out there and he's like um oh okay so he runs in and he tells his mom (laughs) he's like hey there's a dead body in the car and she's like "Leave me be and he's like no 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 i'm serious there's a dead body in the car she does not believe him And he has to keep repeating it. And he's like, listen, you need to come out and look then. There's a body. And so the mom finally gets convinced. And so she calls the cops. So the cops come out and they're like, "Um, yeah, that's a body. There's a body in their car. So this body belongs to a black female between the ages of 30 and 50. She was estimated to be about 4'11 and she weighed 67 pounds.
1: 67 pounds?
0: Yes. Now, she had been there for a minute and so I don't know if that was like the literal weight of what was left or... What? You know what I mean? Uh, Like, I don't think it was her estimated weight or anything. Okay. So... I think it was, like, if she was skeletal, I think that was, you know, what was left.
1: So that doesn't help us at all.
0: At all. Um, There was no obvious trauma to the body, they said, but she was partially decomposed, so I don't know how they could... Be for sure. They said there were no signs of foul play. I don't know how you could be that In any case.
1: They didn't use their car for that long.
0: I'm going to get to that in just a sec. So, uh, there was clothing in that car that they believed belonged to this lady. And so, they think she was living in the car for a while. Oh, my God. So, this family did own this car. It had been broken down and so it was sitting in front of the house in the street for close to a year. Really? When they went to remove the body, the driver's door was locked, but all the other doors were unlocked. The keys to the car were kept in the house, but all the doors were unlocked, so I don't know, you know, that that mattered. Yeah. The police said they they thought she just died as soon as, like, a week before she was found. But the family was very adamant that they had been smelling something for a month or more. Yeah. So, because, you know, they had that smell thing all through June where they were catching a whiff. Now, that could have been something else. Yeah. But the, the family is pretty sure they were smelling it for at least a month maybe even longer. But the police are like, "Mm, she's probably only been dead for like a week or two, but it's been real hot. And so they thought that was what was going on. Now, they did not ever really determine a cause of death, but they did decide that it was not foul play.
1: I don't know how you can be so sure though.
0: I'm just going to leave that there. I mean...
1: Yeah.
0: I, just, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know if this happens to adults, but, you know, what if she was sleeping in the car and it just got too hot?
1: Yeah, and she Does just didn't happen? get out?
0: To adults?
1: I don't know. Or maybe she... like would. Maybe it was getting too hot, and then there was always people outside and she didn't want them to see her get out of the car maybe so then she I mean I to like, awesome. just took a nap and then
0: um, you know it just got hotter and hotter and then uh, you know how it goes yeah so uh you got thoughts or theories on that
1: um i think she probably might have been living in the car.
0: Yeah. I think I think probably too. I think um she may have been on the street for a minute. Four eleven is pretty short. Yeah. So she probably did not weigh that much um in her normal life. Yeah.
1: Now I'm gonna start uh saying what my weight is and my skeletal remains. I'm only 67 pounds.
0: Do what?
1: No, I'm gonna start with like if somebody ever asked me my weight, I'm gonna say I'm 67 pounds because that's how much my skeleton weighs. Oh,
0: hey, you're gonna Yeah. You're gonna tell them the weight of your skeleton.
1: Yeah. They didn't say how much does your whole body weigh. So I can just Say that. I can say like, you know, my left leg weighs 30 pounds. Probably more than that, actually. <laughs> Well, like, is chunky
0: <laughs> um i started researching <laughs> okay i had got to thinking the other day um because i saw a meme that said if i go missing you better don't put my weight yeah on that poster <laughs> and it kind of chuckled me, and then I was like, "I wonder, um, like, do heavy people get kidnapped as often? They do not. Just FYI. Yeah, um, that's why. We're if, you over,
1: cake. if you weigh over,
0: if you weigh over three hundred pounds, you are far less likely to get
1: kidnapped. Hmm. Really?
0: Just FYI. Now. I looked it up and there were, um, there were cases of it, but there was one state that by far had the most cases of people over 300 pounds going missing.
1: What state?
0: Arizona.
1: What?
0: Yes. And I was like...
1: Why though? Yeah.
0: First off, I would have thought more heavy people lived in the South. I agree. I mean, that may be like a um like a stereotype. But just in my mind, I feel like the most heavy people lay Wait, I mean the, the heaviest people live in the South. Yeah. In my opinion. Like we like to. Eat. Cook with bacon grease. Like, we save our bacon <laughs> grease to cook with it and stuff. I
1: just threw away my bacon grease jar because I'm I'm moving. So, I threw it away. I have to restart.
0: I mean, you see what I'm saying? Like, we yeah. eat a bread with almost every meal. I just, I think maybe it is a stereotype, but, um, yeah, I. That's what I would have guessed. So I wondered if all them chunky people was not out there, like, hiking in Arizona, and it got hot, and then they just give up online. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. So, I don't know. I just thought it was weird. And I mean, by far, they had the most, like, they had, like, almost 30 cases, <laughs> I
1: think. Man.
0: The rest of the states only had, like, one or two. Yeah. I was like, what? Dang. So. Alrighty. Um, Kayla's gonna guest host. Are you gonna put that in your ear so you can... I'm supposed to hold that in your ear? (laughs) (laughs) I'm
1: leaving this setup part in.
0: Thanks. What? Okay. Did you want a guest host, too? You got a story to tell, too? Who is it? All right. That was Zane. But Kayla's in here, and she's going to guest host. She says she's got a story to tell us. All
1: right. We're ready to hear it, Kayla.
0: All right. We're ready, Kayla. Tell us. Uh, send to the and a book. Okay. First off. What? What? <laughs> First off, a story is more than two sentences. Uh, Second off, remember we said you had to talk loud and clear so everybody can hear you. Because they're not in the room with us and they can't see your mouth to figure out what you're saying. So you have to talk loud and clear. You ready? All right. Tell the whole story. Um. Zane tried to be cool and jump on the fence He fell on poop, dog poop. <laughs> <laughs> so, for anybody that did not hear that, Zane tried to be cool and jump the fence and he fell in poop, dog poop.
1: <laughs> that was a fantastic story. So,
0: <laughs> that was a fantastic story. So, Kayla was tired of of embarrassing stories about her. So she wanted to tell one about Zane. Oh. So that's what that was. Okay. (laughs) So, Kayla, did you know that you had fans? Yes. Do you have anything you want to
1: say to your fans?
0: Hmm? She didn't hear you. Do
1: you have anything you want to say to your fans?
0: Hey, that's uh, okay. uh Your biggest fan's name is Lindsay. Do you want to say hi? Hi, Lindsay. <laughs> she said she was going to track you down on Facebook, like a, I mean, on TikTok, like a stalker. She's going to stay. You might even have a stalker How too. <laughs> creepy. <laughs> <laughs> Does that make you happy? Would she say no? <laughs> yeah, she shook her head no that she doesn't want to stalk her. <laughs> but it's okay if she's a fan. Mm-hmm. It makes you happy if she's a fan, but not if she's a stalker. <laughs> okay, well, you gotta tell her chill out, Winsy. <laughs> you, know? you gotta say chill out, Heifer. <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> she says she don't want to. <laughs> I don't wanna be rude. <laughs> you don't wanna be rude.
1: <laughs> oh, you can whisper it, she won't listen.
0: <laughs> okay. Um I'm gonna ask you a question. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. What is your favorite unsolved mystery? The or order book <laughs> The Real Life <laughs> A book. Uh I like uh, to solve the solve mystery on TV's. You like the TV show Unsolved Mysteries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I'm asking which mystery is your favorite one. Which one always makes you excited when you hear it? Murder.
1: Murder. <laughs> All right. Murder. <laughs>
0: Murder. Murder. All right. Do you have anything else you want to say? I'm talking to you, not her. Um. It's almost like you didn't know this was happening all day long. <laughs> Did you not prep? Remember when I said, <laughs> when I said you need to practice because <laughs> Matlin doesn't want to edit fifteen minutes of, of silence. trying to ponder it out, and I said you need to know what you're gonna say. Do you know? And you said, uh huh. And I said, okay, because Matlin doesn't uh, want to have s- to. Okay, go ahead. So, uh, you are um, listen to, but. Uh, You've been called? Unsolved South, <laughs> Unsolved Self. I'm, I'm so, so. But yeah, you I'm, could have said, Matlin and Mama's podcast. M- Mama's podcast. But thanks for listening to Unsolved Self. Thanks for listening un- to Unsolved South, Unsolved South. All right. Who do you so, want to share um, it with? This week, this week, we're going to share the podcast with somebody who loves a good story all right since kayla told such a good story she
1: did tell such a good story
0: okay did you want to do the social medias matlin
1: sure so on instagram it's unsolved underscore south and on facebook we have a facebook discussion group and a facebook page make sure you join both and love both um it is unsolved south podcast and if you listen on spotify you can give us a five star rating i don't know if you can do that on other platforms uh because i'm not on other platforms but uh on spotify you definitely can so that's cool
0: we're on other platforms because i don't listen on spotify yeah
1: we're definitely on other platforms but i don't know if you can like rate a podcast on other platforms
0: I think you can. You can rate and review us. And nobody's doing that, even you people that listen every week. I haven't seen you Yeah, Lindsay Heffer. You have? Huh? You have or no? No, I haven't
1: seen it. I was, I was calling out Lindsay.
0: Uh-huh. I wasn't going to call no names. But, uh, anyway. <laughs> some of y'all, some of y'all be, uh, good fans, and you ain't reading and reviewing. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to throw that out there. But we have had a lot of people join the discussion group, so that's always exciting to see. It
1: is! It's so exciting. We've had a bunch lately.
0: I know. I'm happy to see it. And, uh, I hope everybody stays safe through this weather that's coming through all over and all the fires and everything. I hope everybody's staying safe. And um, y'all come back next week for another episode of Unsolved South. Is Kayla
1: still there? are you ready to say bye? Yeah, there we go. Mm
0: All right, one. All right, ready?
1: Ready? Two.
0: One, Two. two, three. Bye! Bye!